the College Planning Edge. Multiply your odds of getting into your dream college and get your hands on thousands of dollars of fat, juicy scholarships. Brought to you by Lockwood College Prep, helping college-bound families get the edge in college admissions, financial aid, scholarships, and test prep. All right. This episode of the College Planning Edge was originally an episode of College Coffee Talk, which we do every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Lockwood College Prep. And we talked about a few things. The new College Board login annoying changes and how to avoid the pitfalls that we're seeing uh, almost daily in our college planning practice. We also spoke a little bit about student loan interest rates being um, still continuing to be, I guess, deferred. Uh, We talked a little bit about the likelihood of um, student loans being forgiven. Spoiler alert, we don't really see that happening. And we also spoke about some tips for visiting colleges and how to maximize those visits. And we took some Q&A too. It was live. So enjoy this episode. And if you ever want to see us or hear us live, it's Mondays at 9 on College Coffee Talk, in addition to these pre-recorded podcasts. I hope you find it valuable. Please share this with anyone you think could benefit. We're posting this on our client-only website because we do a client-only Here's what you need to be doing now, broadcast every month at 10 a.m., but since, uh, first Monday, but since this is a Monday, and we also have brought back College Coffee Talk, please join us in a simultaneous sip, mug soon to be available, a swag. Harry, can you get a close-up of of our mugs? Cheers. Well, you can have your close-up. Okay. I can have my close up. So, okay. maybe not. Yeah. Jesus, Harry. It's a little tough. Okay. They get the idea. So much for that. So, um, we're going to be talking about a few different things today. Uh, one of which is the new changes required by the College Board. So, a lot of our clients are already apprised of that um, because we've been frantically emailing and texting or trying to text them. Uh, so, we'll talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk a little bit more about uh, some student loan stuff. And um, college visits. You know, this is college visiting season for 11th graders. The college board and the loan stuff affects really everyone. Um, Seniors, juniors, people in college, um, sophomores eventually. Yeah. So we've got a whole lot of stuff to be talking about today. And then um, if we have time... We'll touch uh, on Ukraine and Russia. uh, I was going to say the college essay, but... um, Right. More importantly. Good. Okay. So, um, if you are with us live, say hello in, uh, in, the, in the comments section there, the chat section. If you have any questions, that's another place to pop them in. I mean, another reason to go to that section and pop them in. So, start with, uh, I guess, the, the big issue of the College Board. Okay. And why people should care about it. Right. Okay. So, the College Board, which you are probably most familiar with, is the login you use, one use the student uses to sign up to take the SAT exam. Fine. The College Board also has an alternate purpose in financial aid. It also accesses the CSS profile, which is the second main financial aid form that is likely going to be required 
to be filed for your student if he or she applies to a school that requires the CSS profile. And out of about 4,000 colleges or so that exist, about 400 or so require the CSS profile. They are mostly the private schools and a couple state schools, but that is uh, the gist of it. Anywho, um, at this mid-season point, unfortunately, in the financial aid season, the College Board, in its infinite wisdom, has decided to make all logins that were previously established null and void immediately, requiring the student to log in as he or she would ordinarily do at the College Board site. However, the, the College Board is going to prompt the student to use the students, not the parents, the students, the students, do not do it differently than this, it will create problems, the student's email address as their new username and a, a new alternative, different password than one that had been originally established. When they are also prompted to make this change, they are going to have to verify this new change with time-sensitive emails sending codes from the College Board to the students, not the parents, the students' cell phone and email address. Once that task is completed, then your college, the student's College Board login will have been updated. Why do we need it? Okay. Wait a minute. Just, just, just let me chime in here. Sure. So the weak link, obviously, um, no offense to any students out there, is the student. So the, there's this is... Or the parent who hovercrafts crafts in and does not allow the student to do what we're asking. And we've had that already. And what? we already know what the result is going to be. They're going to get stuck. And then they're going to go, uncle, uncle. And I'll say, hey, did you, the parent, do it? Or did you, the student, do it? And they'll be like, well, when I... I'm like, okay, well, you weren't supposed to. The student is supposed to. Because it matters. Because it affects things. It will not uh, become valid otherwise. Yeah. So I'm not sure how this really Follow the directions. Pr pr protects anyone's <laughs> privacy, but it's just another layer of just bureaucratic, you know, stuff designed probably to cover the college board's tushies, but it has to be done. Right. And if you don't do it, then, you know, you're not going to be able to check stuff that you file. Correct. There's, like, and there's a lot of stuff that happens after you file. That's right. So even if you, your financial aid forms and your college, uh, your CSS profile has been filed, there are many occasions we need, we in the background, need to log in and supply certain documents and information to the school through IDOC. You've probably heard me speak about or you've received emails about this. IDOC is So um, the, the bottom line is you, re you really need to make sure that you're monitoring everything, not just this college board change, but any notices from the, the colleges that you've applied to. They're constantly requesting more information. Um, the college board itself sends uh, emails out saying to the kids saying, you know, you've got to log in into the portal and check these things and upload this. And sometimes it's stuff that doesn't exist, you know, upload your, yes. your tax returns, even if you haven't filed them. Yeah. But then there's a, a means to say, we don't file tax returns. We're, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't file, I'm a 17-year-old kid, right. that type of thing. So. I, I actually, I mean, it's rough. I actually had a situation this morning where... Um, Breaking. Client, no, it's, it's just, you can't part ways with your brain in this pop process, too. 
um, the student, the parent had sent a tax return, tax return, straightforward point is the entire tax return, the digital version was sent to the school and the entire tax return did not contain a Schedule 1 nor a Schedule E. Okay, you don't need to know wow. what that is. The point is it just didn't. Wow. It doesn't. It, the entirety of the return was sent and Swarthmore was asking for a Schedule C and a Schedule 1 or a Schedule E and a Schedule 1, the things that don't exist. And, and the parent was like, well, what should we do? What should you do? You don't have that to provide because you don't file that. You don't have that. You have to tell them you don't have that because it doesn't exist. Sometimes you need to, you know, be a little instinctual here. You know, as I was uh, watching you describe that, I was struck by how boring this is. Sorry. Um, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Maybe are, if I wave my no, hands no, while I say it, it'll be more interesting. It's just, no, no, you're, you're, you're dramatizing. <laughs> which trying you, to. Well, you're doing a great job at it, Thank but it's you. like, I, I know this is, it's boring. It's but tedious, it's, but it matters. I was going to say it's tedious, but it matters. <laughs> no, it's 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 important. It is important stuff, and um, you're not going to hear this from you know a guidance counselor for yeah. sure. You're not going to you're not going to hear this from uh, an accountant. But again, it all it all flows from the information that's going to your kid. So you have to make sure that they're monitoring their emails. I do recommend with monitoring the emails. You don't want to make this process your entire yeah. life. I get that. So you don't need to check every single day and make yourself nuts. But I recommend having a once a week meeting time between the student and the parent. Or if you have a question, pop it in. Hello to Maribel. Hello to Teresa. Uh, welcome to our weekly broadcast, College Coffee Talk, and our new mugs. Something else that's really boring. <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit now about uh, what's happening with student loans. And then we're going to wrap up talking about um, school visits. All righty. Okay. So every April... The loans become available, both the student and the parent loan become available for the following year. So for the 22-23 school year, the loans that we could put in place will become available in April 2022. Thus far, uh, for the last year and a half, there has been a suspension of interest rates on both the student and the parent loan. So anybody who has borrowed money from the government in the last year and a half has done so at a zero interest rate. That's pretty cool. Um, right now, the government has suspended the interest on both the student and the parent loan through May of 2022. The way this has happened, basically every six months, um, what I've seen is the, the government has shortly before the new suspension date is up, they extend the suspension another six months. This has now happened three times because we're a year and a half in since this has happened. So the most re the upcoming suspension date to end of suspension of, of the interest rate is May. I am expecting it to be continued through at least the end of 2022. We'll see what happens thereafter. The point is, right, obviously for those who have 
needs need to borrow the money to cover the cost of college. That is obviously you know one situation. For those who may have otherwise saved the money for college in a 529 plan or what have you, if that money that's invested is making you money from dividends or whatever because it's invested properly, um, that you may want to leave that money in place and borrow from the government at a zero interest rate and wait until the government loan kicks in the interest again before you pay it off. With the student and the parent loan from the government, there is no, there are no uh, payments that are required until six months after graduation. However, there is no prepayment, prepayment penalty should you wish to pay some or all of it beforehand. So it gives you a lot of flexibility in terms of budgeting for this expense. Um, so just as, you know, looking to keep every everything in mind that right now, it's kind of a unique time, there's no interest on these government rates. And then just to, so you can have some numbers to work with, when uh, they lift the suspension, the student and the parent interest rates for these loans are set every July for the year that then follows, for the school year that then follows. So this coming July, 2022, they will set the rates for the 22-23 school year. Um, what the rates are currently, even though they've been suspended, so they're not actually in effect, right now the student loan is at approximately 4% and the parent loan is at about 7%. But again, for this is for the unsubsidized student loan. Um, there is no interest right now that's accruing. So definitely a good time to borrow if, if that's something that you're interested in. We can talk about it. So, uh, of course, this is not financial advice, and no. we're not financial advisors, and we are both recovering attorneys, so I feel the need to blurt that out. Uh, check with your advisor. But if, you're, if the money is free right now, it's kind of um, obvious that you might do better not paying it. Uh, but that, again, that's your personal preference and right. you know, pay attention to your advisors. And the 529 plan can be used to pay back this loan. So Yeah, I think it has to be used in the year that you, the calendar year that you borrow. The, so, you know, there's, there's some details lurking. Details you'll have yeah. to confer yeah. with your financial advisor with, but certainly worth a conversation. And all right, hello to, I'm going to attempt this, Dharma Lingam. Welcome. If anyone has questions, either live or on replay, which is where we get most of our questions, um, pop them in in the comments, and we will uh, we will check there. Um, anything else on on loans? What's your prediction in terms of when the interest rates are going to start? Uh, well, uh, the interest is going to start accruing again instead of being at a zero rate. I. What's your insider information? My insider information is not before December 2022. Because those are midterm elections? Because those are midterm elections, and that wouldn't really be a great idea. And since it's wholly in their control, I don't think that's something that's going to be changed. Plus, everyone's getting beaten up at the gas tank these days. I think everything will stay put. You kind of stay put with your car, so are you really getting beaten up at the gas tank? I'm not getting beaten up, but maybe. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, so... Should we talk a little bit about college visiting since we're both in sort of um, yeah, talking about that a lot? Sure. Right. And I actually I actually have some thoughts about this too. I mean, actually, of course you do. What was it like back in the day? Yeah. <laughs> you know, back in the day, 
He's changing the filter. He's changing the filter. So now we have a, a nostalgic filter. Uh, See, sepia? Oh, sepia. Yeah, that's black and white. <laughs> we call that black and white back in the day. Oh, um, if I could do like the 1920s uh, accent, I would do that. But I'm not radio announcer accent, but I'm going to spare everyone. Thank that. you. Yeah. So back in the day, you know, it was um, really, I guess, it was, um, you know, big deal to go visit colleges and tour and go and, you know, get try to get a feel, try, try to get a feel, yeah, for, for colleges and um, make your decision based on, you know, what happens uh, off, off that. All right. In present times, in present non-black and white color times, Harry, Harry the intern, uh yeah, things have changed because of coronavirus. You know, it's not, it hasn't been so easy to visit colleges. It doesn't. It doesn't seem to matter so much at the elite schools or the big state schools whether you actually show up on campus. Um, there's other ways to demonstrate that you're interested, and thus maybe give you a little marginal push over the top in order to um, improve your chances of admission. But. It's still important to visit colleges. So many of the schools, probably most of them, I guess, at this point, have, have reopened for tours. And um, uh, so, you know, we have we have four kids. I was just um, visiting uh, a college this weekend with my 11th grade daughter. And the um, the tours are kind of, to me, they're, they're kind of dumb. Because all, all you really hear are kind of like, you know, gimmicky sort of, you know, fun facts um, about each of the, uh, each of the, you know, facets of where you are on the tour. So, so we were, you know, I'll just say we were, we were at Brown University. I told my daughter she's going to get a full ride scholarship and she, and get in, even though it's only, you know, March. Um, and, uh, well, she doesn't like telling people where she's going because then they're like, Ooh, oh, that's a good school. Oh, you think you're getting it to Brown? Yeah, exactly. Right. Whatever. So, you know, honestly, she's 50, 50. That, that's my, that's my call right now. So anyway, um, so, okay. So this, Sam. What? Sure, she really wanted everybody. She knows. Well, whatever. She doesn't care. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll see. So, so um, you know, so you start off the tour, and they take you to the gate, and then this is the gate where you go through, you know, once a year, or once in the in the beginning, and then once when you uh, when you graduate. And this is the library that houses the largest collection of you know tin soldiers and four books made of human skin. Right? It was like you know all this stuff. Some that was the most disgusting thing. And we're just kind of going around, and, and then, oh, we have a core curriculum. Uh, we don't have a core curriculum. You can take whatever you want. And uh, here's the dining hall. Where, you know, So I'm like, I, and I know the answer, but I'm like, is this really how people make decisions? And I said, you know, I said to her, I was like, so what do you think? She, oh, I, you know, I liked it. Like, what you know, what do you actually like? I like the tour guide. I like some of the um, other other uh, freaky people who are on the tour with us. <laughs> that was fun. After the after about five or ten minutes, I said I said to her. I told you this. I said to her, I was like, all right, see if you can guess by the next stop who my favorite tour member is. And she um, she, she took three guesses, but she, she got it right. It was the guy with the huge David Letterman beard who had so many questions. It was not the eight-year-old child. Um, the, the parents would have been On the eight-year-old's tour, right? There was that, no older sibling. Mom, dad, and a parent and a child who was eight years old, and she was playing with the snow. Oh. Yeah, so that was... So she might like the snow there. May want to go there. Couldn't tell. That's, Yeah. I would I would side with the snow instead of the uh, books made of human skin. What is that about, by the way? That, that That's I'm, weird. I'm, I'm not making that, that up. Sounds like a crime. Sounds like like a Nazi thing or something. You know, it's horrible. Weird. Yeah. So um, anyway, so that's what we found out on the tour, and that's the stuff that people remember. 
it's in the buildings and all that. And listen, I think, I think that's fine. I think you get a feel for the other, you know, like students who are walking around. Um, in our case, when we were wrapping up the tour, it was a bunch of students skipping around past, past the tour. They took it upon themselves to skip, you know. Like, Is that required there? I, I, my, maybe it's it like be. a wacky brown practical joke or something they do on tours, <laughs> yeah, so which, which I appreciate actually. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so that anyway, so that was um, good. But what we tried to do, and she was not able to to pull this off, was to meet with a department head or a professor um, to ask very specific questions about her intended major. That is what I recommend that everyone try to do when they go on these tours, because it's, it's going to be much more. She, you know, she's interested in a, in a real niche major. I guess it Brown's a concentration, but the, it's, it's the same thing. And um, you know, there's no mention of that. There, you know, she didn't have any questions that she asked the tour guide about that. Um, you know, when you get college essays over the summer, some of the supplemental ones are to worse the effect of, well, what is it about? this college that makes you so interested in, in applying? Like, why do you want to come here? So where, where a lot of kids fall down is they'll say stuff like, uh, well, you know, it's a great school and, you know, there's, uh, you know, interdisciplinary opportunities and blah, blah, blah. And it's very high level generic stuff, but the, the deeper you can go, the better and the more convincing that supplemental essay will be. So, so if you could say, well, when I sat down with professor such and such, and he told me about the blah, blah, blah. And I was, you know, that, that's a you know, much more persuasive, um, convincing essay. So she'll still be able to do that. She'll still be able to communicate with a guy, like on a phone call or something like that. Who knows if she'll actually uh, do that or not. But um, that's, I think that's an, uh, an important part of school visits, to not just get stuck doing the general tour. Because if you're interested in engineering and the tour is being led by a theater major, you know, you may not be able to hear too much about engineering. And frankly, you know, on these tours, I, I think parents and kids, they're just sort of like walking around like starstruck, you know, the, 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 well, the third, the third, um, uh, the third favorite choice that, uh, Sammy suspected was my favorite and it wasn't, was a kid to, to his credit who was on his own. Um, and he was like, you know, uh, like six, four kind of meaty, you know, big curly mop of hair, of hair glasses. Sounds like you. And he was, glasses. and he was, uh, like this, like the pulling dynamite expression, <laughs> like the, the, whole, the, whole, the whole time. <laughs> and that was just, you know, that was just amusing to us. So, um, uh, that's my recommendation. Make, make, try to carve out time to, um, to, to make sure that you sit down with the actual, either professor or someone in the department of, of something, of a major that you're interested in. Um, Do a quick chat. Quick question. All right. Let's go to the chat. Let's see. Oh, Christine Picano is watching from North Carolina. They won. Uh, it's team one. Very cool. Okay. Oh, we have a few other people joining us. Natalie is here. Giselle's question. How do you think private colleges will handle the faster revisions for 24-25. Good question. That is an excellent question. And hello to Jennifer as well. Um, do you want, to, want me to answer that one? Well, you can answer it. Sure. There are, for those who don't know, yeah. there yeah. are proposed FAFSA changes that are scheduled to take effect beginning in 2023. So not this year, but the following year. 
Um, and some of those changes include, or a big one that I think a lot of families are concerned with, is the number of students, number of children in college at the same time. Um, currently, the rule is your EFC or your expected family contribution, that number, if you have one student in college, let's just say your EFC, meaning your expected family contribution, let's say it's $60,000 with one student in college. All things being equal, currently, if you have that same family with two students in college at the same time, that EFC of 60 drops down in half to 30000 per student, making each of those students need-based eligible at those schools. The proposed changes are not going to give credit for multiple students in school. So each of those students under the proposed rules would still have an EFC of 60, likely not making them need-based eligible under the new rules. Another big change uh, that is scheduled or proposed for the 20, for 23 on is affecting those families with separations or divorced families. Currently, whichever student, whichever parent, I'm sorry, whichever parent the student resides with greater than 50% of the time is deemed to be the custodial parent. That's what the rule is now. The proposed change is going to, uh, will be that the custodial parent is the parent that claims the student on his or her tax return. Very different because who claims who on a tax return is probably a well-settled issue on a divorce agreement that predates this prospective change. That's a big deal. That could be a big swing in financial aid for, for some students, of course, if these changes actually go into effect. Well, the, the one that seems to be debated the most um, in, ter in terms of the most unfair is the multiple children um, yeah. aspect of that. But the divorce one is a big deal because uh, typically the the um, domestic, uh, the I guess the custodial parent is the is the mom, um, not to be you know general. Traditionally level. speaking, yeah, right. not, not, to, not to piss anyone off here. Right. And the mom usually shows the lowest income, and the and the dad who declares the kid as a, as a dependent. Um, doesn't uh, has the highest income because he needs the write-off. So you right. so what's going to happen most likely is that the dad's going to continue to take the write-off, the ex uh, ex spouse dad, and um, they're not going to get less financial aid. That's right from that from from yep. a lot of schools. Yeah. So um, and then there's other, a and few sadly, other changes. And sadly, sometimes that's often with a parent who doesn't participate. Yeah, deadbeat dad. Right. Yeah. So it's only going to fall on the. Other parent having to take many more loans, et cetera, it's definitely not an, not an area that has progressed much. Okay. So um, one of the other changes that, uh, that are, is pending has to do with recognition of, of income. So mm -hmm. currently the rules are all income counts against you, including untaxed. What's slated Which is to child support. Including child support, right. including workers' comp, including yeah. uh, Contributions to your, your retirement. Sure. Um, veterans' uh, comp. So, so under the changes, some of those will not count any, anymore. So we're, I, I, we'll do a deep dive once those solidify. Right. But those, those are the proposed changes. Those are all as as the uh, um, I forgot who asked the question. Let me just double check this. That was. Ooh, we've got some more questions coming in. 
Um, I just want to give her a credit, Giselle. So um, what Giselle, what her question assumes is that we're talking primarily about state universities that are governed by these federal rules that we're talking about, because this was passed as part of the 2021 CARES Act, which was the largest bill ever codified into law um, in, in last January. Um, private colleges who have their own money play by their own rules, something called the institutional methodology, not the federal methodology. And most of these changes are not going, I don't think any of these changes are actually going to affect those. That's the word right now, but we don't, mm-hmm. we haven't seen it yet. So we don't know. But for whatever it's worth, any institutional method using school also gets the FAFSA. So the institutional methodology is determined by the submission of the CSS profile, which I discussed earlier, uh, is required by about 400 schools. To date, we have not learned that those schools are going to make those same changes with this, with the CSS profile. However, every one of those schools also gets that FAFSA with those potentially proposed changes. All right, some more uh, more questions here. Um, Teresa says, great T-shirt to me, <laughs> even though you're the one with the new shirt. Sorry. Yeah. Fashion plate. Um, Dorothy Otto, watching Hi, again. Uh, all right, Teresa, uh, a non-outfit question. Can you use a 529 to, play stu- to repay student loans? Um, yes. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I thought so, but I don't know for sure. So Pearl says yes. And do you really think loan rates will stay put if feds raise interest rates next week? Um, I don't think the rates are going to stay put, but I, we think that the suspension two, of the interest rates, I think interest, will continue, right? Not the rates. Yeah. The rates, um, have ticked up a little bit, but again, they've been suspended. So it hasn't really well, payments have been suspended, so so they're accruing right. zero interest right now, and and uh, but rates have to go up. Mm-hmm. It seems obvious. Yeah. But who knows when when that's going to stop? But you know, Pearl, I agree with Pearl. The, the real issue is there's there are elections coming up, that's going to burden people even more, and there's a lot of people who are not paying their student loans right now, and that's okay. But you know, there doesn't seem to be any um, any any. Uh, presidential will to do an executive order to forgive loans. There's a lot of talk about $10,000 or something, but he, that's like an executive order that he's not, not willing happen. to do. It not seems like um, inside the Beltway Pearl. That's says it's not, not going to happen. Uh, without a civil but, war. But, uh, I, I no, so. but, but Congress, you know. Well, like, I think in effect, this suspension is, is a benefit they are bestowing on all these families for the last year and a half. That is some small way that some forgiveness can be given this way as opposed to that way. Well, it's delaying things. It's not forgiving. Like forgiving is, okay, you owe $100,000, now you owe fifty. That's not. We don't think that's going to happen at all um, because the president and, and you know, whoever is advising him doesn't seem to have the will to, to, to do that, which kind of I, – I, I actually agree with. I don't see how they, he could just do that. But um, maybe Congress will take it up and, and do something, but we – so far, we're not seeing anything like that. More questions. Um, Giselle, if you have a student that isn't receiving financial aid, but just merit, mm-hmm. 
Do you need to submit a new FAFSA for the second year in college? Maybe. Pearl. Depends on your school's rules. You're going to have to find... A lot of schools do require the FAFSA filing for merit-only awards to continue. Depends on your school's rules. Check with your school. And those are subject to change also. Uh, we see that a lot. You know, schools require something in year two, then they're like, yeah, by the way, year three, we're not going to do that anymore. I think what's going to happen um, once these FAFSA changes actually, whatever they look like, uh, actually occur, I do think that colleges are going to ask for more information mm-hmm. than they are currently asking for upperclassmen, not just freshmen. Which we have found it is trending that way anyway. More schools are asking for more atypical, their own forms, subsequent to filing of the financial aid forms. For Increasingly. freshmen and upperclassmen? Freshmen. Because it seems like you've been struck by how little information they're asking for upperclassmen. That's true. Some schools. Right. Here, here and there. Right. I, I would just, I would just, just because when you brought it up, I, I need to... We had a scenario once where a family going through financial aid year at that time didn't think they needed loans at any point, whatever, and didn't bother filing for anything. So by not filing, they failed to preserve their ability to borrow for that year. Freshman year. Right. And then unfortunately, by the time we had this discussion, maybe the kid was in his sophomore year at that point. Well, we were doing the work for the sophomore year and they were trying, they were hit with a big bill and now their business had gone south and they did want to retroactively borrow and were not able to do so because they hadn't preserved doing so by filing the FAFSA. Yeah, I remember that exactly. So you may just want to just well, this is, to cover your bases. Yeah, let me share a few more details about that because that's really a common scenario. Um, so... You know, we, we talked about that in our mm-hmm. production meeting, which was like a three-hour session. Yeah. And um, really? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so so it happened. It was very common, especially during the last couple of years. Um, they had a decent business that was, um, you know, paying them enough possibly to pay their bills. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a software business, I believe. And they lost their biggest clients. So the revenue dropped like 80%. And all of a sudden, they went from feeling kind of secure about paying for college and things to feeling like, oh, my God, what, what is happening? This is, right. this is incredibly uh, unfair. Well, here's the, here's the deal. A lot of unfair stuff happens. So you need to uh, think proactively about that you know, thing you don't think is going to happen. Worst case scenario, like yeah. a lawyer. Yep. Uh, right. Um, you know, the, the, that black swan event. like you know, yep. Just the way it seems like... Um, most of the world underestimated, you know, Putin, you know, even though he's been like telegraphing all these signals that we can now see in retrospect, it happened, right? So same thing with yeah. financial aid, you have to anticipate what you think um, is not, you know, anticipatable. And uh, in, in this case, he, we, we tried to retroactively file for loans mm-hmm. to help him bridge this gap after his business went south. And we were late by like 32 days or, yeah. or something like that because they never knew that they should have done that you can file and then not accept you can file exactly you are not obligated just by filing you're just preserving your right and with by the way this concept um of making sure you keep your your choices open also spreads through this entire process through admissions as well like don't just go for the high 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 reach 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 reach, and, and not cover your bases at the end of the and 
at the end of the day, you want to have choices. Whatever they are, you want to be the one with the choices. Not the school with the choices choosing on you. You want to be in the driver's seat, whether it's with respect to borrowing for college, if you need it, or making sure you're admitted to a school so you don't suffer admissions Armageddon. You want to make sure... At, the kid who, oh, he did really well on his SAT. Is it, should he take it again? Well, if you want to have that much more choice involved and you could possibly do better, yes. If you're going to, if the kid's going to burn out and, and go into apoplexy over it, no. Obviously, it's a cost benefit analysis. But in this process, because there are so many things out of your control, the things that are in your control, you want to maximize so that you have the most choice when it's time to make a choice. Sage, wise words. Okay, Giselle, I love your blast pearl. Thanks. Thank you. She's just, she's just pandering because the next question is, can you, <laughs> um, can you please recommend some schools for forensic psycholo uh, psychology? So, so, so um, uh, I'm not saying this to be snarky, but um, no, because that's something that, that we do is like part of a, a unique one-on-one, -on -one, you know, client relationship. Plus, I don't keep everything off the top of my head, so I don't want to mislead you. But um, you know, d definitely look at the schools that are strong with with psychology. Uh, I'm not I'm not really sold on that as a career. Also, I think that's um, another issue uh, in general because uh, forensic science and maybe psychology. I'm not so sure what the market is like for that. I mean, I think of CSI, and that may not be exactly what you're uh, you're asking about or your kid's interested in, but, um, you know, someone who has a job investigating murders and things like that, generally working around the inner city, and, you know, I don't, I don't know if those, <laughs> those are necessarily the best job environments, you know, where I want my kid working, but forensic psychology might be totally different. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to sound ignorant. I think it just depends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, but psychology is, um, is not usually considered one of the better majors in terms of um, what colleges, uh, what employers are, are looking for. I can tell you that off, off the top of my head. It's not known to be a great major for developing critical thinking skills and all that. Um, so if you are thinking about doing that, then probably grad school is, uh, is, is a, should be a heavy consideration in, in the future. But um, I don't keep these off the top of my head. I can tell you the Clark University, just randomly, um, was the first college to have a psychology major mm. and the only U.S. college where Sigmund Freud lectured. Huh? So that should be impressive. Mm. Um, I know a lot of stuff like that. I know a lot about mascots of colleges. I know... Team names. I know a lot of 1980s Boston Celtics trivia. Um, she said she wasn't pandering. Okay, I believe Thank you. you. I, I didn't just, think you were. I was just joshing, you know, just to get the ratings up. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so why don't we give anything else to say before we wrap up? We're a little over on time, but, um, but that's fine. No, I'll, I'll save it for next week. Oh, you have a Wordle uh, thing that popped up? Okay, good. All right. Well, this will be posted on our client-only site along with some other extra information. And this will be posted on our podcast, the College Planning Edge, uh, which has other information too besides these College Coffee Talk episodes. Mm -hmm. So if you like the information, please feel free to share it with anyone and any, everyone that you know who might need this information, friends, neighbors, frenemies, Facebook friends, guy at the deli, whatever. Thanks for listening and watching, and we'll see you next week. See you next week. Have a good week, everybody. 
Thanks for listening to the College Planning Edge podcast. For more information about our Inner Circle Group Coaching Membership, which is a great way to dip your toes in the water of the whole college planning morass, um, and get access to our double secret software, College Guru software that helps you create a strategic list of colleges and identify fat, juicy, merit aid, and need-based aid opportunities, as well as some other benefits, check out the Lockwood Inner Circle at lockwoodinnercircle.com and use the coupon code podcast for 50% off the first month's membership. Thanks for listening.